You're listening to Feed, Play, Love, a podcast that's all about supporting parents as they bring up children. We've got experts and advice to help you through the more challenging bits of parenting. I'm Siobhan Hunt. If you've ever taken a child to the shopping centre and passed by a row of lollies or a toy store, you will probably understand the phrase pester power. Children can be incredibly persistent when it comes to getting what they want. So what's the best way to handle it when your child won't stop asking for something? Derek McCormack is the Principal Specialist at RaisingChildren.net.au. Hi Derek, how are you? I'm well, how are you? Good, thank you. Why is it important to have a strategy on how you respond to pestering? Uh, Well, like with many things, having a strategy will just make life easier. Um, in the short term and the long term. And when it comes to uh, pester power, as, as it gets called, it's particularly helpful because it helps children uh, know the ground rules if you've discussed that with them and having your own personal strategy keeps your stress levels down. So can you unpack the idea of a strategy to us? Because um, some people might be thinking, well, I'm not going to sit down and write out how I'll respond. Is it just about knowing what your response will be? It is. It's not, it's not that formal where you, you've got a paper written plan for the day. Um, <laughs> it's more like having, having a good sense of how you'll handle it when it comes up and what uh, things you'll keep in mind before um, that situation. So, for example, um, you might remember, okay, when, when, the, when the pestering comes for a particular desire, I won't uh, give in until I've, I'm happy with how, how that request has been made. So, you know, check in on, on, the, on manners. So I'll remember to, to be happy with the request before I answer it. That's one thing to bear in mind. And, but I think the most important part of any uh, strategy, in quotes, is just to try and have it clear with your child how, how, you, how those things will be handled. You know, what are the ground rules? We, we will or we might be able to have a treat at the store uh, and if it's if it's not going to happen, that's clear for the child, and maybe it makes things a little easier. So another part of of this uh, preparing is to remember that if it is a no for your child that day, you'll remember to acknowledge their disappointment. Uh, that can help them learn things like empathy, uh, because you're empathising with them, even though it's a no and it might be upsetting. You're acknowledging that, yep, this is disappointing, but maybe next time. And um, I know I've, I've seen it written that we shouldn't say no too much. And that sounds like an open invitation for giving my child too many things. Um, what, do you, what does it mean by saying try not to say no too much? Well, I think what that advice is getting at is you want your child to uh, feel that they are uh, enjoying time with you and having treats. So if it's always a no, then, then it might get in the way of having a good time together. I think... The main thing to remember around yes or no is to have your child understand that it might be yes or no. Uh, both are possible. And if it's a yes, then um, that's something to be happy about and celebrate. But if you both understand, it could go either way. And if you both understand um, that, you know, tantruming won't really help in the situation where it's a no, then it, that can help uh, the whole situation. So... When we say, because, you know, kids can ask for a lot of different things. So what happens if you're walking through the supermarket and they're asking in aisle one for something, aisle two for something, aisle three for something, and you've already said no? 
you can't have anything before we go to the shops and no, you can't have that lolly now and you can't have this here. And I mean, it just sounds like a total nightmare, but where do you stop and decide, okay, I have to say yes to one thing here? Well, um, there's there's two ideas I I would offer there. One is if you said earlier, you know, in that situation, you've already said we won't be having a treat until afterwards, then my first bit of advice would be we would say, um, remind your child that you did have that chat earlier and, you know, remember how we said we would have a treat later and that might do the trick. However, if the requests keep coming, it's also fine to be uh, a bit flexible as a parent and say, well, how about we could have this treat now, this particular thing, uh, but that might mean now that we don't have that treat later. So you're re or you're kind of reshaping the deal that you had earlier. Um, the first option is generally going to go better because it shows you're going to stick to your guns, or, you know, that you're going to have uh, consistency when, when, uh, when you've agreed something earlier on. But the, the second option on being flexible, sometimes it's called for. Is there an alternative that we can offer? So, you know, they're wanting, most times children want something sweet to eat and you may be a parent who doesn't like giving them sweets. Are there such things as healthy rewards? Indeed, yeah. You know, and this is something you can help your child engage with quite early on. You know, treats that are a bit more healthy. Um, I know that a lot of parents uh, enjoy uh, offering the child dried fruit, raisins and um and sweet treats, which aren't quite as processed uh, as, as a little reward. Um, and exploring some of those more healthy, natural food options can be good uh, to have literally in the, in the back pocket or in the toolkit for those moments when the child does seem to want something and you've agreed there isn't going to be a purchased treat. Is there anything else we're missing in terms of managing pester power, Derek? Uh, there's one thing that can be uh, really helpful, and that is to be conscious of the advertising around you and your child. Um, often in stores, uh, the store is designed in a way to kind of encourage the, the pestering. You know, you have the brightly coloured candy and, and, and lollies at eye level for the child. So you might be conscious of that and try to avoid uh, that getting too much in your child's face. And then more generally with advertising, there's always... TV and radio and even the internet that's promoting these treats all the time to children. And it can be good to talk with your child about those things as well, you know, uh, in a sense, helping your child get a little bit savvy, a bit media savvy around what they're seeing, because it can help you have a conversation, see how this is trying to make us buy this, see how this is trying to make uh, us really want this lolly. Um, do you think it's a good idea that we, we, we have that all the time? You know, those conversations about sometimes foods. Derek, thank you so much for your time today. Pleasure. Thank you. That's Derek McCormack. He's the Principal Specialist from RaisingChildren.net.au and we'll put links to their website in the notes of this episode. Feed, Play, Love is a babyology podcast produced by Debbie Ning and presented by me, Siobhan Hunt. We'd love to hear from you, so if you'd like to get in touch, email us at feedplaylove at theparentbrand.com.au. See you next time.